0: for the gathering that's here. Lord, we can look around the building and we thank you for everyone that's here, those that may be listening in. But Lord, it's more than what our eyes can see. Lord, we know that there's a great spiritual gathering. We know that the angels of God are here. Ministering spirits are here. That the great I Am is here. Father, and so we desire not just to be in attendance Naturally, But, Lord, we want to be in attendance spiritually. We want to tap into that which you would have for us. Father, we realize we cannot stay on this earth. Time is running out. And, Lord, if, if we wouldn't go by way of the grave, we know it is coming so wicked, Lord, that you cannot, we cannot stay here. So, Lord, there's a cry that's rising in our hearts, and as we're here, we're desiring that you would feed us from on high, O Lord. Speak to our inner man, Lord. And as we would speak, Lord, lift our faith, O Lord. May we have communion with you. May it go beyond the speaker and the hearer, but Lord, may it be from our soul to you, O Lord, our Creator and our Savior. Lord, quicken us today for the hour we live in. Father, we commit ourselves to you, and in so doing, we thank you for the testimonies, the testimonies of healings that have been, that are ongoing, the testimonies and the praise, Lord, that is already for things we don't see, but we believe it is ours, Father. Lord, we want to commit also those that have needs. We think of our brother Glenn today. Oh, Father, put strength into his body. I pray you are the healer. I commit him into your hands. The others, Sister Angie, our brother Jerry, our brother Bob Combe, Lord, our sister Josie Mitckey who's up in Grand Prairie father different ones our brother Luke Semenuk, Lord we commit them all in your hands Father Lord come and also for spiritual needs for families for individuals for those that are looking for answers Lord you are the dissolver of doubts I pray oh God that you'd come in our midst today move beyond us overshadow us we commit ourselves to you as we open the word granted in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you to the musicians. I'll invite you to turn to the book of First Peter chapter 1 today. We'll just read from that, and, uh, and then we'll go into other scriptures. I've had a lot of material that I've been studying this week, and I'm certainly not going to cover it this morning. So I was really praying, Lord, just give me the wisdom and I don't say I've always got it right, and, and sometimes I feel like it's broken up and stumbling, but may God just take control of it this morning. 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to start reading in verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection. Of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, think of who Peter was. Peter was a fisherman. He met Jesus in the flesh, but listen to his language here. He's not just seeing a man he met in the flesh, he's catching a bigger picture. He's seeing that there was a God who's over all of this. He's a God who elected us, and now he's seeing that there's more to come, more to walk into. So he would say, now, he said, which, which has begotten us to a lively hope, verse three, verse four, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. I, I, I want you just to hold that thought a faith Unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. We'll we'll try and go down that path a little bit. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Brother Jerry, when when I read your testimony to the other day, and he's talking about what's before him and the discouragement, but he just, right in the same breath, said, but I thank God because he called me, and I'm a child of the King. I just say, God bless you for that testimony. May he honor that, Brother Jerry. Amen. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, you love, in whom, though you see, Though Now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Searching what or what manner of time... The Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. We'll just read verse 12 and 13 yet. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven which things the angels desire to look into. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. May God bless his word. It's an eternal word. It's a prophetic word. There's more to it than we as humans can reason but may he anoint it to us. You may have your seats this morning. If I'll give a title, I want to speak on walking in a higher order of faith. In 1961, Brother Branham, in the Revelations chapter 4 series, He says this, he's doing the same thing today. He's coming right on down. Now, don't forget this, that God promised great shakings and great and mighty works. Now, write this on your notes when you're writing. See, what man calls mighty and great, God calls foolish. And what man calls foolish, God calls great don't forget that see don't forget that that will help you in the years to come because we're looking for something greater all the time and we're receiving greater all the time but the peoples of the earth or the world don't know it neither did they know it in the days of noah of john of jesus the days of the apostles, the days of Irenaeus, they never knew it. Amen. I believe we are receiving greater. I believe it is is—it is beyond what our minds and our senses declare. In fact, sometimes our minds and our senses are a hindrance to what God wants to do. I'll also read this, in, and again, speaking on this subject, walking in a higher order of faith. Brother Branham would speak in the message, Perfect Faith. We're trying to get the church to a place where we can really see apostolic times moving among us. That's what we all hunger. And it's laying right at the door. We see it, but we want to see more of it. We want it to be such a flow that it will be a help to us And it will also flow out to others. And he would say, I want you to get this now. The church has got to lift itself in the power of God. How? We are too close to the end. And I believe the church is a condition where it can teach a little deeper things and rub out some of this make-belief, see? And get into something real it's got to be something that you know. Now, I, I, I pray that God would help us today. And I, yeah. we've got evangelists coming in a, in a couple of weeks. And so I'm not going to try to be evangelistic today. I may not even come across as, as just maybe preaching. Maybe I will. But I also want to just, I feel there's times we need to just get into the Scripture and know where we're standing. And maybe that's a little bit of where I want to go today today. And I I pray that it helps us and it strengthens us as we do that. So turn with me to Genesis 17. Genesis 17, and we'll read this in verse 1. And just keep your Bible open. I'll make comments on these verses as I go along. Now, there are junctions in, in everybody's walk. There were junctions in the walk of Abraham. There were junctions in the walk of Jesus. There were junctions in the walk of the prophet. And there are junctions for us as a bride, as a called out, as a people. There are junctions for us. So if I can take this as as a junction in Abraham's life, uh, there's others I could take, but I'm going to try and keep it simple. I, I want this to benefit everyone. I want it to benefit our young people. I want it to benefit uh, us who are elderly. I want it to benefit us all if, we, if I can. So, and when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Now, you can read that and you can think, wow, I, I, you know, that, that's pretty high order. Like, we, we would think that's flawless, that's sinless, but that's actually not what the word perfect means there. The word perfect is in the, in the Hebrew tamin, to- but it says to be complete, to be whole, to be sound, to be unimpaired, to be innocent having integrity and in accord with truth and fact. So perfection, if God would make a demand for perfection, then God would have to have a means whereby we could be perfected because none of us can lift ourselves up and and buy our own bootstraps and pull us up to there. So it's God who's got to do it. Faith has to be released to allow us to step up a little higher. It's not something, you know, the age we come out of, and, and, you know, every age when we come out of a transition, Brother Branham was speaking to many times the Pentecostal people. And, and, you know, we, 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 we talk jokingly in the church. There's a Pentecostal side to the church. There's a Baptist side to the church. And, and we really, if we want to take it, there's the intellectual, there's the emotional, but the real truth is in the middle and so, as Brother Branham would speak to the Pentecostals and and he would often speak, and sometimes faith was a workup or perceived as a workup it's it's what you you would 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 you would be spiritualized what you would maybe fast, you would maybe pray you would you would lift yourself into a realm and and there's a truth to that. We, there's people here there's, that need to be stirred up today. And, and, and Paul would tell Timothy, stir yourself up. But yet faith is on a higher level than that. Amen. Faith is something that is an intangible, as I think our brother Andrew ministered, and as we've been maybe going in, in, in our podcast a little bit on the realm of faith, faith is a substance it is something that is actually there. And, and, and you step into it. You're not tapping into something that, oh, I got it. No. If, if God meant for you to be here, God will give you faith. If he wants you to be a part of that, he will provide the means for it. So it's not us in ourselves that's doing it. It's what we yield ourselves to. And as, prophet, as the prophet would say, it, it, is, it is not the Son of Man, it, it, is not, it is not a man that you are feeding on. It is the Son of Man, it is the unfailing body word of the Son of Man that you're feeding on. Now, let me, let me just take this a little bit. So, when we look at Abraham's life here, Abraham comes to this place, and God is telling him, okay, Abraham, I've taken you through all of these things. Now you need to walk and be perfect. Now, I I appreciate the goodness of God. He never gives us more than we can handle. If he would give us the full revelation, even Paul, the great apostle, if he would have been given the full revelation, he would have been elevated beyond means that humanity cannot even stand. And, and, you know, even ourselves, when we're on the mountaintop, quite often we don't have a feeling for somebody who's in the valley. So God allows us to be in the valley. He allows us to be there so that we can connect with people, that we can identify with people. How many are thankful for the trials in their life that keep you humble? So Paul was given a messenger, a thorn in the flesh, that he wouldn't get too exalted. And so God with Abraham, he allowed Abraham, he would tell him, Abraham, I am going to uh, call you, make you a great name. I'm going to do this. And when Abraham walked in obedience, then God revealed more of the promise to him. So God is tempering our character. He's tempering our humanity. He is bringing us to a place where we become more mature. And really this is what we're talking about. The perfection that was demanded of Abraham was maturity. And God wants us to be mature Christians. I do not believe we are an infant body of Jesus Christ anymore. The Jesus that we worship is not in a manger as we come to this season. He is, he is Lord and God of all. He is a king. Neither as we as a bride a little girl anymore. But we are growing. We know in whom we have believed. We, we, we are, are trusting in him for our every step. So Abraham, if you look at his walk, it was always tempered. And, and when Abraham, when, when, when God called him to be separate, it wasn't until Abraham separated himself from his father, from Lot, that God took him another level higher. And many times when we separate from unbelief, then God reveals more of himself to us. But he's watching us. So if you walk in the word, then God wants to see, see your reaction to what he says, and then he'll take you higher. When he saw how Abraham would, 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 would deal with the situation between Lot and his herdmen, he wasn't there. Dealing with just a temporal thing and temporal gain. No, Lot, you want to go that way? I'll go this way. And God blessed Abraham because he believed him. So Abraham, you know, if you look at the human view of Abraham, the Old Testament really gives it. and, And we can temper and we can see our own lives. Because if we will look strictly at our humanity and we look at our past and we look at our family history and we look at our failings, we'll never have faith. We'll You'll just be discouraged. Especially in an age where we're demanded to walk in perfection. So what is perfection? It is not sinless perfection. It is not earthly perfection. It is heavenly perfection. It is what God sees in you. And it's what you're responding to this morning. Really, we're, we are, I, I believe we ought to be beyond coming to church because we have to. Right. Uh, you know, I'm scared that the deacons will call me. I, I'm scared somebody will notice that I'm not there. No, that's not why we're coming this morning. That, 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 I think our faith is higher than that. And we're not just coming here to just put in the time and just to hear what I am saying. And No, it's a higher level than that. We're coming to hear what God is ministering to us in a heavenly realm. So this is where we want to walk. And so, you know, sometimes we don't even realize what faith is doing. And, and the example that comes to me is, you know, there was a time when the church in the book of Acts was praying for Peter and saying, Lord, let Peter be released. And they had a prayer meeting and they're praying and they're praying and they're praying. And 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 let Peter be released. Well, in the supernatural, something was happening in the jail. An angel came into the jail, and they and, and opened the doors, and Peter walked out, and, and he comes right up to where they're praying, and he knocks on the door, and they're all praying. They're all praying, and yet Rhoda answers the door, and she says, who's there? I don't know. It looked like Peter, but I don't believe it. They didn't really know the faith they had because of their humanity. And so sometimes our humanity gets in the way. And I, I, I want to go down this a little bit towards the end of the service, but I, 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 I trust that we can move a little higher. I, I know my own faults all too well. And, and sometimes you know my faults all too well. And my wife certainly does. And, and she's not here this weekend, so I, I felt like I was living in a little bit of a blissful place for a while because she couldn't see me and do all the things I did wrong. And no doubt she's probably looking in. She went to... Visit my daughter and she's probably looking in. Does his shirt and his tie match? I, I hope it's okay, honey, if you're watching, but at any rate, it's all all okay. So so anyway, we, we want to move beyond our humanity. And and so in one place, Brother Branham would say, you know, we, we we think of Abraham's walk and all the things, and he says, naturally speaking, it was when it comes to Genesis, Abra- Genesis 18, Abraham was under a tree everything going wrong, naturally speaking. But now he was about to see the culmination of everything that he believed. So this morning, it's not so much a super-duper faith that I'm talking about, but it's a more perfect faith, and I I want to just move into this realm. So let's finish here. Uh, In verse 2, he says, Now I will make my covenant between me and thee, And will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face. So God's now, now he's he's affirming the promise. Making it more real. He's told him this before. But now he tells him more. And he says, and Abraham fell on his face. And God talked with him saying, As for me, my covenant is with thee. And you shall be a father of many nations. Now he, he really This is taking him into a higher level. Brother Branham makes a statement. When our human faith runs out, then the faith of God goes to work. So there's, there's things we do in our humanity, but then the faith of God goes to work. He says, Neither shall thy name anymore be called Abraham, but thy name shall be Abraham for a father of many nations have I made thee. So now God is injecting the the AH that's the Elohim, the part of God, he's identifying with where Abraham is at and he's placing something in his name that that is that God is recognizing and this is a different subject but but in that name there's a part of the the eternal aspect or thought of God that's now Place into Abraham's name. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee in their generations, for an everlasting covenant to be God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. So he's, he's now placing... A higher level on this. We, we can read the story of Abraham strictly from an Old Testament level and I believe God has allowed us to have that. But it's not all the picture that he's given us because now he will take it over in the New Testament and Paul will now look at it through the atonement, through the blood, through the, through the, the, the entire uh, purpose of God. So let's just turn to Romans 4. Romans 4. And again, I just appreciate your attentiveness. And as as we move into this, I'm, I'm moving a little bit slowly with it by design, but but let's just, just take it. So Romans chapter 4. Let's read from verse 1. What shall we say then that Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh has found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he has whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. So he's he's, he's talking here about how Abraham was called, and he'll actually pick this up a little bit in verse 9. So let's just read verse 9. Cometh this blessedness upon the circumcision only. So let me just say this. The, The Jewish people... This is what they believe, that the circumcision, the natural cutting off of excess flesh, that was a covenant God made with a natural people. Now, the circumcision alone doesn't save you. The circumcision alone, it, 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 it's part of an identification. Now, let me, let me read further. He says, comes this blessedness on the circumcision only or upon the uncircumcision also. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was it reckoned? When he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. You know, we, we can sit here in church this morning and we can be holy and pious, and, 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 and it's easy that that can be a religious uh, act that we do, but really, if we stand here and if we can just recognize, I am nothing by the grace of God, I am nothing. I know nothing, but it's the grace that put me here. And, and I, I would say, don't ever get too far away from that. Don't ever get to a pot where you're a spot where you're lifted up and you think, just getting a little puffed up. And, and if you do, I thank God that He has means of bringing us back down. And He surely does. And then on the other hand, if you get too low, lift yourself up and say, "Hey, it's not what I did anyway. It's what God did in me. Now he will he'll say on, he said, now he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith that he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe. Though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed to them also. Now he's going beyond the natural seed because there was Not only the Jewish that were going to be identified, but the Gentiles who didn't have all the laws and who didn't have all of these things. But God was demonstrating that I'm going to allow this wild olive branch to be grafted in. (coughs) Listen, we're heathens. And Abraham was a heathen to start with too. And and today, out of Abraham, there are a people on earth that are a proud people. The Jewish people are a proud people. There's nobody on earth like us. But I'll tell you what. When they actually come to Christ, they will come weeping like you and I have and say, oh God, we're nothing without you. So he's saying, now, verse 12. And the father of circumcision, to them who are not of circumcision only but who also walk in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. Let me, let me drop this in this morning. Now, many are, are young people that have grown up in the message. They're sitting here this morning. And, and sometimes we haven't, and I'm saying we, I'm including you. I was a young person that grew up sort of in the message. But I, and I, I will say, you know, we come and we have our fathers and our mothers and they want us to do right and say, this is how you need to act. You need to come to church. You need to dress this way. Don't get involved in these things. Don't get involved in these Well, if we're not careful, we make that like a circumcision. That's forced on them. Now, with, with everything we do, like the, the, we're, we're, we're in a higher level where it's beyond do this and do that where we need to leave room for the supernatural element of God to work in their lives, especially as they come of age. So that means you don't have an iron grip around your children and that it's a boot camp and that, you know, they're constantly looking for something to do. When they do wrong, oh, I got you. No, I'll tell you what, we need a, we need a reality check here. And whether that's a father in a home or a mother in a home or whether that's a minister or whether that's a, a, a deacon or somebody, we, we, we need to believe that they're here, that they're the very best. And, and Brother Ram says, don't, don't think worse of your children. Believe that they're the best children that you've got. And believe that, but let God work with them. Allow the Holy Spirit to move on them. Give them that room. To do that, like, let's, let's train them in the way that's right. And, I, and you can train them, but I, I tell you what, I, I love it when I see a child, you know, a young person, somebody come, and, and it's not what you have to do, but it's what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. I didn't have to go and say sorry to that person that I talked back to, but I just want to be right with God. Oh, I love it when I see that, because that's God working. And we want God to work in our lives. So if, if Abraham started in circ- uncircumcision, and, you know, the Galatians had this trouble. They, they started in the freedom of the gospel. But then they made it a law. And I fear sometimes that we make it a law. We make it a law among ourselves. We make it a law raising our children. We make it a law within the church. Hey, How would you like to have a prophet who knows that you have trouble smoking? And he says, hey, why don't you go buy a pack of cigarettes? I I may not get the story just right, but it's like that. Yeah, seriously. Why, Why would we have a command in the last age? I would that you were cold or that you were hot. But get out of lukewarm. Why? Because if you're cold, God can deal with you. Yes. If you're hot, you're in the right channel. Amen. But don't be in between. Amen. And Paul would go and say, "Hey, if a woman wants to cut her hair, she wants to to to, 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 to shore, if it wants to be shorn, ah, just go ahead, cut it all off. Same thing. Wow, this is not going the way I thought this morning. Listen, sorry to bombard your legalistic stand this morning." But let's be real. Faith is real. Yes, I believe in all those things. Yes, I believe it, but oh, let it be faith that moves us. Uh, let's go beyond the mechanics. Let's, let's, let's be real about what we believe. I, I, I just trust there's, there's more I can share about this. You know, Brother Theo Erasmus was a preacher from South Africa. And he shared a story years ago that never got away from me. But it was a, a mother who was raising her teenage child and having trouble with him. And, and the, the father was no longer in the home and she was struggling and looking to do everything she could. And uh, you know, and, and and but it was it was like you know, something on the backside if you did something wrong, and did something wrong. You know, if we're not careful, we present the gospel where there's nothing attractive about it. And, and so, so, you know, and so Brother Theo happened to catch, and there was a, a young man named Danny, I think was his name. He came in the church, and he was gloriously saved. And, and it was something that people saw, oh, you know, it, I, I like those disciples when they, when they first came out. Everybody had to take notice that they were with Jesus, now, what was it that they had to take notice? It was written in their eyes. It was in their face. It was in their demeanor. It was in their walk. It was in their talk. And so this little, this boy named Danny was saved. And so this mother was having trouble. And, and he says, can you talk to my daughter? And he would, she says, okay, well, just leave me with her. And I'll talk with her a little bit. And he talked. And so what, what is it? And he began talking. And he says, and, he, and she mentioned this Danny. And she says, and he just tapped into that. And he says, Would you like what Danny got? Yeah, I would like that. Well, let's have it then. And it's not by force, but it's by something that pulls you. It's not the three pushes. It's the three pulls. it's, It's like, yeah, it's there for you. It's available to you. If you hunger it and you desire it, you can have it this morning. Listen. Let's move higher beyond. We're in the message, and this is how we do things. And and this is all. Yes, we will do those things, but let's move higher than that too. Okay, this is where we're going this morning. So, (coughs) in Romans four, he says. In verse, we finished in verse twelve. Now let let me read. Let me let me inject this in verse fourteen. For if they which are of the law be heirs, then faith is made void, and the promise is made of none effect. If you're thinking I'm in the message because my mom and dad were born, sorry, that's just a law. God has no grandchildren. We all have to be born again. And then he would say in verse 16, therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, and not to only that which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now, I want to read this. This is a familiar quotation. And, and let, me, let me just go down here for a moment. I'm going to inject it here. And, and this is out of the church ages, the Sumerian church age, and it talks about how in the book of Revelations... It says, unto the messenger of Ephesus I write. And so it's always written to one in singular. So it's, it's written to a messenger. Each messenger through seven ages had a word from God that was going to be for the elect of God in that age for the situations they would face. So it would be the word they would need, but it would be coupled with an anointing, but it would also come directly to what God placed in them. Now, just just bear me out a little bit as I read this. Notice, he said, Jesus by the Spirit in every age addresses himself to only one person relative to the word for that age. Only one messenger receives what the Spirit has to say to that age, and that one messenger is the messenger to the true church. I am grateful that God put something in me that would respond. I I grew up in a home where we had reel-to-reel tapes played, and even when I was in the world, and I was running, and I walked in. I don't know why, but God put something in me that I would never speak against that. Even though it condemned my life, even though it wasn't something I understood, but I'm grateful. And now when I look back, I just had to wait for the time for that seed to be awakened. And and it was always there. And so, it, it wasn't, now I'm, I'm going to try to go down this path for a moment. It was there when Martin Luther was there. And Martin Luther, he, 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 was, a, he was a monk. He was in, in the Augustinian order. He was, he was in a certain frame. He tried to do it by works. He tried to, he, it was a hunger in him that he couldn't explain. He tried to do it himself. But it was only when one time one of the priests would, would give him a Bible and say, Luther, Read this Bible. And when he read the book of Romans and he came across the scripture "The just shall live by faith, by his own admission it was like a light shone down on him. And he saw it for the first time. And something awakened in him. You cannot hide uh, light. When light comes on a seed, it will manifest itself. And I'm so glad it was there for Martin Luther. I'm glad, like if you ever look at the the messengers to the age. You know, they're, they're just people like you and me. Brother Branham, like, look where he came from. Look at where Luther came from. Look at, look at where <coughs> Wesley came from. He, he, was, he was running, he was backslidden. He was, he was going to America to the Moravian order and, 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 and doing what he did. But then he said somewhere along the way as he was coming back, and there was a scripture, he says, something strangely warmed my heart. And this was the beginning of a church-age messenger. Now if God could hide that behind that human element, what about underneath all of us? Yes. I'm, I'm looking we, we went out last night, and we had a, a birthday party for a, a man who was young a couple days ago, now he's old. But, but anyway, and we were there, and I was sitting there, and I was at Brother Marion's, and I, I just thought of Sister Kara, and I thought, you know, she came out of a family. And, and here, all the others, you know, they're, they're all a certain way, but when the light came her way, something responded. I, I thought of Sister Nancy. Sister Nancy, you and your family, you were there, and I, and I was just re- remarking how out of all her family, that, that, that something drew her. And, and look at how it's held, and look at how it's kept. That was God that put that there. I, I thank the Lord it's there. I thank the Lord it was in my life. Now, he says now he addresses to the messenger to the one messenger to a true church now li- listen to how he says this the message is no sorry sorry he speaks for god by revelation to the churches both true and false now just hear me out here and he say the message is then broadcast to all And though it is broadcast for all who come within a certain range of the message, the message is received individually only by a certain qualified group in a certain way. Each individual in that group is one that has the ability to hear what the Spirit is saying by way of the messenger. Those who hear are not getting their own private revelation Nor is a group getting their collective revelation, but each person is hearing and receiving what the messenger has already received from God. So faith comes by hearing. But hearing, now let me just say, hearing is not the audio only. You can put on a tape and you can play a tape all day long, but that doesn't mean that you're catching revelation. And, and, and the audio, and in fact, sometimes, you know, and, and that's the danger of just press play. Well, just press play. It'll all be okay. No, it won't be all okay. It's actually on a higher order than that. It is press play, but there's a difference when there's a hunger in your heart and you're looking for God to speak to you. There's a difference between that and having him speak to you versus just having background noise. Well, okay, at least I can say I played a tape, you know. Well, listen, you're going into it wrong to begin with. But, But it's not just by the audio. And in fact, when it's broadcast, every service is sovereign. And the service is sovereign that God will minister, and it will strike one in one seat, and two fade away, it won't strike the next one. And don't, don't take disheart because sometimes it's meant for one and not for the other. And, and sometimes that flips around. God knows how to do it. So who's in charge of the service this morning? It's not here. It's not down there. But it's God's sovereignty that's working in our midst. So, so what you're actually doing when you come, you're, you're coming. There's a supernatural element and it's called Revelation. And revelation, there's many things we can put to revelation. Revelation is is is, is, is the will of God for your life. Revelation uh is, is higher than just learning. So so receiving what God is it has is not just by your brain, but it's actually something deeper within. Amen. And so it is it is actually the part of you that is somewhere else. So so now now you're coming, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God, okay, there's an audio voice that goes out, you know it, it goes through your ear, but really, it's not your ear, it's not your brain, it's actually down here that responds to it, and it's so supernatural that you can be pulling in your seat and you can change the words that come out here, because saying, "God, I need to hear from you and and you know. It's supernatural. It'll happen in fellowship. It'll happen in conversation. But it's on a higher order than what we take it to be sometimes. We talk about the book being opened, seeing your name in the book. Now, it's not that you see your name, but there's parts of you that you've always hungered for. It's there maybe questions that are underneath. And so when the book is opened, now what are you seeing? You're not feeding on just an intellectual uh, understanding of the Bible, but there's actually a part of you that's in there. And Brother Bannon would say it this way. He looks in the stars, and the stars are God's first Bible, and he looks in the stars and he says, now Paul is in there. And he says, my mother is in there. I'm in there. We were out the other night at a couple's place and we, we went out and it was a full moon and, and they just identified and said, oh, you see that bright light? That's Jupiter. And I, I took out my app and I, and I go, yeah, no. And I said, it's right, Jupiter is right next to the, to the, to the moon. Well, that's God's first Bible. But our names were always there. Listen, I, this, this, is, this is tremendous to me. Because we're coming down to a great showdown at the end of the world. Just just jump over to Revelations 13 for a moment. Revelations 13. I I won't read all of this. You can read about this beast that comes out of the sea, and uh, it has all these symbols, and then about a dragon that gave power to this beast, but it would talk about this beast in verse 5, that there was given to him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, And in verse 6, he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and and his tabernacle, them that dwell in heaven. And verse 7, and it was given to him to make war with saints and to overcome them, and power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. (laughs) In the book of life of the lamb slain from the fountain. So there's one group of people that will not worship him. Why? It's in their heart. They can't identify with that. Oh, friends, this is tremendous to me. I've always, I remember very early in my Christian walk, there was a man who was a Catholic man, and God was dealing with me, and he could see God was dealing, and God was dealing with him, and, and then he agreed to, I would come to one of his prayer meetings, and he would come to one of our church services, and and, and anyway, I, you know, and, and I, I went to one of his prayer meetings, and they're praying, and I couldn't fully identify with, you know, the women that were there and how they were dressed and how they, you know, but, but you know what? There was a, a genuineness and he came and, and he goes, wow, that's quite legalistic, everything you believe. And, and, I, and, I, and I made the mistake of saying one time, I just said to him, I said, Revelation 18, that great whore, that's the Roman Catholic Church. I mean, that was it. I was done with him, right? I didn't you happen to have a lot of wisdom at that time on how to handle these things, but it was a revelation to me, and he goes, oh no, oh no, I got nothing to do with what you're believing, he says. And I think, it was just open to me. It was one of the first revelations that ever came to me. And I said, that makes sense. That's exactly it. Yeah. City on seven hills, yeah. encrusted in, in purple and in gold and, and all, and I thought, that's exactly it.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. So we're living in a time where, hey, you, you don't have the brains to figure this out. I don't have the brains. But God wrote your name before the foundation of the world. And he put it in a book. And he died to save you. And when you're saved, you're born of a spirit that identifies with something you don't even know is there. And there's something like was in those angels that resisted Satan's lie. And it's in you and says, I can't go along with that. What is it? That's God. That's revelation. I'm glad it's there. And when the prophet said, here he's going through the greatest trial in his life, and his mother, his, his, his wife is taken from him, his daughter is taken from him, and Satan's whispering at him, and he said, I was about to agree with him. And then something about the size of a button rose up in with me and said, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Where did that come from? God put that in him, because if it wasn't there, where would the message be today? Look at the faith that God puts in that. And he puts it in you and in me. Oh my. A certain qualified group that can hear what the Spirit is saying. And what are you, what's it opening to you? It's not just opening the Bible intellectually, but you're seeing yourself in there. So when you come to church, I'm not coming to gain knowledge. I'm coming to hear what God sees in me. I'm coming to feed my theophany. I'm coming, listen, right now you may not see it, but your theophany is really close to you. And he says, as the prophet would say, and who is this Melchizedek? And when you heard that eagle scream, you left off the other things. What was the other things? The worldliness, the gambling, the drinking, the smoking. You left those things. Why did you leave those things? He said, you heard from your theophany. (laughs) What did you hear from? Just something out there. No, it was actually in here. But it took something to activate it. And it takes the word and the light of the age to activate that which you always were. Oh, what are you doing this morning? You're feeding your theophany being this morning. You're under that word this morning. Oh, don't, don't take this to be something far out. It's real. I'm, I'm glad it's real. This is a higher level of faith. Go, and maybe I'll reference it next week, but read things that are to be. And Brother Branham would talk about it. And he's saying, as your first birth was pre-planned, and how much more your second birth. Your father knew to give you an earthly mother and father that would take care of you nurture you in a crib and, and, and watch over you those teenage years and, and then now that you're in your 20s they still take care of you and give you little things and maybe even into your 30s who knows how long it takes you okay? <laughs> and, and so but he says how much more your heavenly father and he says it's actually in you he said and, and he says now he puts it this way and he says it's calling for it it's hungering for it Oh, and, it, when, and when it comes and drops down, oh, it's so sweet. And he says, and you'll actually have a minister come behind the pulpit and speak the truth, and it'll be something that resonates in you. And the minister doesn't even know what he said. And all of a sudden, somebody erupts. What is it? It's God speaking a supernatural way. Let me, let me just, read a little, just read this quickly out of, out of who is, who is this Melchizedek, attribute sons of his spirit have not yet entered into a word form body, but a theophany. Now he says the difference between, I'll paraphrase this, the difference between us and Jesus is that he came directly from theophany to flesh you and i bypassed our theophany and we came directly to flesh to be tempted now he says we don't understand it but he says you come like adam like me from the attribute to the flesh but he said when your life is finished you have an earthly tabernacle dissolved but you have one waiting now he says, "Look, this makes it clear. You will never be the Word unless you was a thought in the beginning. So now you have to stand the temptation, you to be bypass your theophany, to be tempted by sin, and you come down through the line. and And I, I won't read all of this. I'll just come. But look, he says, when your body receives the Spirit of God, the immortal life inside of you." It throws this body in subjection to God. You know, Brother Branham would say, he would say, the evidence of the Holy Ghost is sighing and crying for the sins that are in the city. Now, he said, if I preach it like that to the church, it will hurt the church. But when you get into, see, because now you can feel condemned after I say that, and you'll go home and you'll beat yourself and put on sackcloth and ashes and start praying and wailing and doing it. But, it's, but when it actually comes from inside yes. and Christ is in you, and you walk down the street and you see someone, Brother Marshall, maybe at your stand, and you see someone and, and really God is in you, and you think, Oh God, remember them, help them. That's Christ in you. That's the Holy Ghost. See, it's living for others. It's not for you. It's for others. And we live for one another. We help one another. That's, that's real eternal life. Now he would say, when you receive that, it throws the body in subjection. He that's born of God cannot sin. There is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, You say, oh, if I could just quit drinking. He said, well, just get in Christ and it will be gone. It may not happen all at once. You You can come and be prayed for and have deliverance. But I'll say the greatest thing is keep giving yourself to God. And as you give yourself to God, maybe it starts to drop off a little bit here, a little bit there. You know, maybe you've gotten a little cold this morning. Maybe you've gotten away from a prayer life, from the Spirit of God, the tender feeling. It, it just, you haven't been by the water. But when you come by the water, it, and you, the more you draw nigh, the more it gives you that feeling and that, that something that comes out of you. It's natural. It's a part of Christ. It manifests Him again. Oh my. He will, he will go on and say, you're, you're no more subject to the things of the world. They're dead. Okay, let's, let's move on. I, I've really got to get to where I want to get to. Romans 4, verse 17, again, just quickly. Now, here is, and it, it struck me as I was studying this a little bit. Romans 4, verse 17. God says to Abraham, as it is written... I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. You know who said that? God did. I know Abraham and Sarah cannot have children. I know that I'm going to allow them to go 25 years, but I... (laughs) Still, I'm going to make my promise happen in them. So it was God that knew that. He knew what was in Abraham. And in the end, Abraham could only, those were God's thoughts. They're eternal. They're real. They're the thoughts that God has concerning us. And when Abraham caught them, because God would keep ministering, Abraham, you're this, you're this. And the more he caught them, he was catching substance, not a workup, but he was catching the thought that God had for him. Friends, what are we catching? We're not just, oh, I hope I'm there. No, actually, you're there. And if you can connect with God, he will show you your place, your place in the body, your place and your brother's place, and you will fit because you're catching what God has always had. Don't, don't as well, I hope I can slip in, you know, in the back door. No, don't try for that. It's more real than that. So he says, I know Abraham where you're at. He said, those things which are not as though they were, verse 18, who against hope, he believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Now, I want to, I want to just take this a little bit, uh, if I can, for a moment. And I, I could go more down this road from just the heavenly, but let's just back up for a step. Now, young people are raised, we're raised, and we're in the message, and we're taught this is the greatest message that there ever was. We're taught that this is the message that will take the rapture. This is how you gotta live. This is walk before me, be perfect. And you know what? It begins to put pressure on us. And now, sometimes, just like in Abraham's life, Sarah heard all of these things, and she felt that pressure. And so finally she comes to Abraham and says, Abraham, maybe God meant for Hagar to be the one to fulfill it. And Abraham hearkened unto Sarah, and you know what? The conflict that we have in the Middle East is all the result of that thing. That's what's gone on for hundreds of years. Because it took and put a human element to the purity of what God thought. Now, I'm just going to take this from the thought of pressure. Now, Brother Branham would say this under pressures. Now, he will say, each age has had its pressures. He's saying, um, in, and this is in, in, in the Thyatiran church age. For example, a great burden of the last age is the pressure of riches, soft living, and nervous tensions in a complex age we seem unfitted to live in. Now, if, if I asked you, and you asked me, what are the pressures of your age? Oh, it's finances. It's how to make a living. It's Oh, it's like what the government is doing to us. Oh, it's the wars. It's all these other things. Oh, no, this isn't what, what the prophet identified. He said, no, it's, it's riches, soft living, and nervous tensions in a complex age were unfitted to live in. So sometimes we put pressure on ourselves to fulfill God's word. And, and, and sometimes we think it's got to be this way or that way. They, they asked Brother Branham a question. Did you prophesy that a million uh, Negroes would be killed? Well, it's referring to Martin Luther King, and he, he didn't say that. He said, no, 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 no. <laughs> he says, that's not what I said. Listen to the tape. He said, there's a human element that goes with it, but don't take your idea of it. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm blending this in because I, 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 I'm going to come back, and sometimes you've got to contrast something to show where we're at. Even this last little bit, when Brother Billy Paul passed away. Now, it's not recorded on a tape anywhere, but it's something Brother Billy Paul shared in his testimony. And he would share it in his testimony and saying, you know, Brother Branham was here. We were in California. He says, before you ever, he says, before, uh, he would would say, you'll not be an old man, and you'll see, and sharks will be swimming here. Now, there's a you know, we all had a thought, we tied that, we tied that to the sinking of California. But was that our thought or was that God's thought? We want to get God's thought. I don't want to get my own thought on the matter. Brother Bannon would say, I'm going out west and he says, God's going to gather the people. I mean, questions and answers after that, he said, he had a, he had a dozen questions on, should we move out west? No, no, no. Stay where you are, where God calls you. But our human element will gravitate. You know, I think the best thing for the message is that Brother Branham is not here. Because if he was here, oh my goodness, we would have everybody following where he's at. But God, in his wisdom, took him off the scene and left a voice. And it's not the voice on tape necessarily, but it's the voice that speaks to us that we need to catch. Now, I'm I'm, going to try to bring this just to a place because I just see it happening again. Even we as ministers, and I'm saying, I'm not perfect. And God forgive me because there's things I've said on the pulpit that, that not willingly were wrong, but could be misinterpreted as wrong and and, and so I said at one time, when you know i I talked about a certain thing about Jesus and the fruit and the tree, I apologize because i i'm 'm I'm not immune and 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 I said at another time, talking about Rebecca I, earlier in the that service, I was talking about a thoroughbred and a horse versus you know not a thoroughbred and and then I go later in the service on on talking about Rebecca and Eliezer, and she jumped on a horse. Well, that was the first thing I heard coming out of the service. It wasn't a horse, Brother Ed. I said, yeah, okay, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay, but there's a human element. Now, now, just think about this for a minute. Here's Jesus, the life of God on earth, and he's on earth, and he comes to earth, and as he leaves earth, he's in a grave, and he resurrects. They don't see his clothes. But then Rome, because they couldn't have this kind of a record, they let a rumor go out that his disciples took him from there. And God allowed a rumor about his death to be some of the last words that were written about him. Now, go with me to John 21 for a moment. I, I, I just felt maybe this is the right time to break into this, so I'm doing this right now. John 21. Verse 18. Now this is Peter, this is Jesus. This is not, this is not just a prophecy. This is not just an inspiration. This is not a gift of prophecy. This is almighty God in flesh speaking the word. And he tells Peter, Verily, verily, I say unto you, When you were young, you girded yourself, you walked whither you would, but now when, you're, when you'll be old, you will stretch forth your hands, and another will gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldst not. This spake he, signifying that by the, what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, follow me. How would you like, as somebody's leaving, to give a prophecy over you, this is how you're going to die. Oh, wonderful, thank you. Nice. No, it's probably not what he wanted to hear. But how many knows that, that Peter was crucified like the Lord, but he was crucified upside down because he did not want it to be that way. That's the way he was crucified. So this was, this was now what was spoken of for Peter. And at the same moment, Peter turns around, verse 20, seeing the disciple whom Jesus loved following him, leaned on his breast and said, Lord, who is it that betrayed thee? And Peter said unto Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? And Jesus said unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Now, those are good words. And they're the words of the Lord. And they're not just inspiration. It's not just a dream. It's not an emotion. It's the words of the Lord. But right after that, humanity, the human element, interprets it this way. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren that the disciples should not die. Now, (laughs) that's not what the Lord said. (laughs) that this disciple should not die yet jesus said unto him he did, did said not unto him he shall not die but if he will that he tarry till i come what is that to thee and god allows another rumor to be the last words that go out amongst the people now i thank god that that wasn't the end for john because john you know, part of it, I believe, was fulfilled on the Isle of Patmos when he wrote the book of Revelation and the Lord came to him. But he also spoke in First John and he said, now there's an antichrist spirit that's already among you. <laughs> and it's capitalizing on the human element. He says, if any spirit confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Now, listen... Amongst the message, there's a lot of sayings, there's a lot of interpretations, but we're maturing. We don't want to be governed by what Brother Branham said and I thought, or I interpreted. God help us not to do that. God help us to keep the message pure. Not to just do what I think, or what so-and-so thinks. You know, there, there was a minister that years ago he was telling the story and he was ministering the word and it was the effectiveness of Brother Branham and and that this was the voice and saw a stranger come in and was a religious man, a learned man and he came after, he says, can can I just uh, speak with you a moment? Sure, and he went in the office and started speaking. He says, I heard what you said, but I think, and he just said, can I just stop there? He said, I don't care what you think. And I don't care what I think. I just care what God thinks. Amen. Now that's maturity, friends. That's right. Now it's, it's not what my interpretation of the message is, what it should be. And sometimes there are things that are personal for someone, and we make it to everyone. Now can I, can I just take a couple of scriptures? I'm just winding down. Go with me. Let's go to, okay, let's do this one. Let's go to 1 Samuel 13. 1 Samuel 13, I have another one, but I'll just read this one, and then we'll, we will just take part of this. 1 Samuel 13, and this is when there's a battle. The Philistines are gathering. Samuel is the prophet. Saul had just been king one year, and now the Philistines are gathered together. And in verse 5, 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, People on the sand, they came up this way, that way. Verse 6, the men of Israel saw that they were in a strait, for the people were distressed. Then the people of, hid themselves in caves and in thickets and in rocks and in high places and in pits. Man, this is like, there's a lot going on here. Okay, now, this is, there's a lot of pressure. Can I say that? There's a lot of pressure on them. And some of the Hebrews went over Jordan to the land of Gad and to Gilead. And as for Saul, he was in Gilgal. And all the people following him, trembling. He was the king. And he was told by Samuel, wait till I come. And I'll give a sacrifice. And so now it says, in verse 8, And he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel went not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. Now look at, what is this? The seventh day. The seventh age. More pressure than ever before. The world is coming to a showdown. And it's coming to a showdown. And and under that age, I won't won't read it today, but pick up your pen and write. He says, the bride knows what he wants done with the word. She has thus saith the Lord, or she keeps still. Okay? Okay. Before Brother Branham could ever preach the seals, God took him through a school where the humanity was baked out and it was just the pure word of God. I believe we're being taught that it, we don't want our self and our emotion and our idea or our reason or our thinking. We want what God has for us. I want to hear what God has for me, for what he has for the church. I don't want to put myself into it. And so here he's under this pressure. You know, and, and, and now he actually steps into a place. It's just too much. I can't take it anymore. And pick up your pen. Brother Brandon would say, as it was for Joshua, the people would put pressure on him, saying, you've lost your calling. You've done this and this. And he's saying, so will it be in the end time. Same pressures. But listen, the bride has thus saith the Lord or she stands still. Now, here he says this, bring hither a burnt offering and peace offerings. And he offered a burnt offering and it came to pass as soon as he made an end of the offering, the burnt offering, behold Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him that he might salute him. And Samuel said, what have you done? And Saul said, I saw that the people were scattered from me and thou camest not within the days appointed and that the Philistines gathered themselves at Michmash. Therefore I said, the Philistines are now come down me and I have not to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself. I don't believe we want to bow under that kind of pressure. You know, I, I remember hearing about Jehoshaphat in the Scripture. In Jehoshaphat, he met with Ahab, and there was a prophecy. We've got this land. We need to take this land. We need to take this land. And he says, I have four hundred prophets, and they're all in agreement. And something in Jehoshaphat said, do you have one more? I'm glad way back when, when God did something for me just in the middle coming out and, and, and I was on a journey and I, hey, it was Christmas time and I went to the church downtown that had the pyramid shape and it had the singing Christmas tree and it was, oh, I wasn't in the world anymore and this is wonderful but yet I couldn't identify with it. Oh, I'm so glad that God puts that in us. Friends, there's a lot of pressure That's coming on the message because the Bible says you must prophesy again. And if we're not careful, we take our human element, our human demeanor, and we force ourselves. Now, I'm I'm just saying this. That's a pressure that's upon us. And we can have these interpretations. And this was said, I mean, God is his interpreter. And I believe we're coming to an age where we're just saying, Lord... This is your word. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm standing on your word. I will not just give myself to my thoughts on it. I want to be moved by God. I want to be directed by God. I want to be more mature in my faith. Listen, mature faith, i, I got to wind down because I'm really running out of time. But the Hebrew children, they came down and they were, they, they had no idea how it was going to work out. They didn't know. They were, they were going to now be brought into, and, and if I just back up a step. Here they were. All those that were there in the land of Babylon at that time. There's an image that comes forth. You know who the image was? It was an image of Daniel. And everybody was to worship Daniel. And four, these, these three Hebrew children, three Hebrew children, here they are. And now it says, when everybody bows, you bow. Oh, there was a lot of pressure to bow. But you know what? Something was in them. That God is God. I don't know what will happen. And when the king saw it, he was wroth. And he said, cast them into a fire. They had no idea how it's going to work out. If, and he said, oh king, we were not careful to answer you in this matter. And if God would choose to deliver us, and even if he doesn't we will not bow. That's a mature faith. And say, I want the real. I want the genuine. I don't want it forced upon me. Listen, I, I, can I just be honest? There's a lot of pressure in the message right now. This is what the Holy Ghost is. This is what it is. The Holy Ghost is the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. I'll, I'll, I'll carry on with this next week a little bit. I'm just saying, friends, we're under pressure. But I'm saying, we need to be mature about, we know whom I have believed. I will not be denied. I will stand on your word. Do I have all the answers? Absolutely, I don't. Do I, do I believe every promise? Yes, I do. I don't understand them all. But God will make it known in his time. This is a maturity we have to come to. So it's not just we ourselves. I forced myself. no. No, I'm not going to force myself. You know, there was a sister, a precious sister. Musicians come. There was a precious sister in the time of Brother Branham. Sister Bruce, if you actually read, there's an interview with Sister Bruce, and Brother Branham is talking to her. But he'll mention her in the questions and answers. And he'll say, there's a question about when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, will it do such and such a thing? Or will it be up to God as conditions appoint later? Oh, he says, I like that. That's a good question. Sister Bruce was, her makeup, she was emotional. And her desire for the Holy Ghost was that she could speak in tongues. And he, Brother Branham comes to her and I said, I saw her sign, born under a four, put her in a split condition. I don't know what all that means. And he says... And she's a precious sister full of the Holy Ghost. And yet the devil's outside speaking to her, telling her she doesn't have it. And he says, and I advise the Lord to allow her to speak in tongues to help her. But she already had it. She didn't have to do that to get it. Friends, I'll tell you, this, it's an individual revelation between you and God. It's not the minister. It's not Brother Ed. You might come to this church, and, and we need a church, and we need God to speak to us. It's not how I got it, or how your dad got it, or your mom got it, or somebody else, but it's how God gives it to you. And you'll know it's Him. It won't be a put-on. It won't be a make-believe. It'll be the reality of God. I want something that's real. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying... Oh, that, that's wrong. No, it's not wrong. Or that's, It's just as wrong to reason it out. It's just as wrong to emotionalize it out. But somewhere in there's a truth in it. And what it is, God will make it known. Let's just stand together. I'm sorry. It's not the way I kind of thought the service might end today. But anyway, I, I said this is part one. So we'll do part two next week. I'm glad to be a Christian. Yeah. Amen. I know whom I have believed
1: I know not why God's wondrous grace to me against the dead.